for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. I just feel so full this morning. Anybody feel full? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't mean like you had four cups of coffee and eight donuts from the coffee bar. I mean, just, just feel full. Because see, something happens when you spend yourself in worship. You, you expect that when you're done, you'd be empty. But, but when you're done, you're full. No? Just me and Laura? Amen. Amen. Well, all right, I need two, two people excited about the Word of God with me this morning. Yeah. That's all I ever need, two people to be excited and we're good. The rest of you just have to sit and endure. Amen? Well, I'd like to start with a quote this morning. I like Listen to these couple of quotes that I have this morning. Most people don't pray, they beg. Thank you. Most people don't pray, they beg. Look at this. Listen to this one. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. Mm. Some of you are thinking that's tattooed on my back right there. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. That's powerful. This is a common one. Don't pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men. Don't pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for power equal to your tasks. Amen. One person is excited about that. I love this one. Pray and let God worry. For those of you that just worry all the time, right? And, and you could go ahead and do that to somebody. You know, you know they're sitting next to you. Those people that are always worrying about stuff, always stressing stuff, always worrying, worrying, worrying like it's going to do anything, just go pray and let God worry. Amen? Well, good morning. I just, I'm so excited to be at the Sanctuary Fellowship this morning. Amen? And, and let me tell you, it still amazes me, it shocks me, it almost baffles me how God is all in your business. Amen? Anybody ever just said, yo, God, get out my business. You are all in my business. You ever experienced that? Throughout the week, the, you know, God is always throughout the week teaching me things and showing me things. And it's just like, it, it's amazing how, how the things that God shows us during the week, if we're listening how they all line up and go with the Word of God. So this past week I had an experience. Again, right? Here's another story. Ready? See, I was working on a job, and sometimes I do construction projects on the side. No, you can't book me. But I've been working on one lately, and I had to rent a cargo van to go and, and up to Elmsford to pick up these materials. Right, because they, they wouldn't fit in, a, in, in anything else. So I needed to rent this cargo van. And so I, I get up there, you know, we do all the shopping, get everything in there. Finally, when it's all loaded in the van, this was a big van, the biggest one they had at the rental place, but I didn't want to get a truck. And, and finally, when it was all loaded into this van, the van had a lean. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, a crucial, a devious lean. The thing was leaning. 
It was leaned back like you wouldn't believe. It was, it was like the back was ready to touch the floor. It was like the tires were, you know, like from this much meat down to like this much. And like the rim is almost on the floor. And, and I started getting stressed out. I said, that doesn't look good. I said, that's not going to, you know, we ended up putting six, seven hundred pieces of brick and paved stone in there. So, you know, that stuff is heavy. And, and so it was all the way, and, but, but I'm saying, you know, I was like 35 minutes away from the Bronx where, where I needed to be. I said, I don't want to make two trips. That's a long, right, back and forth. And so, you know, I, I looked and, and the guy that loaded it, well, he didn't say anything. So I figured, well, he, you know, he does this all the time. He should have said something. So now I'm basing on an 18-year-old kid that's working for $7 an hour. He could care less, you know. He just, he put it flat on the floor. He don't care. But I'm saying, well, if he's not stressed about it, maybe I shouldn't be stressed about it. But the more I looked at it, and then my Ecuadorian friend that was with me, the Mason, he looked at it and he goes. And so that got me a little nervous. Because that's what he does for a living, you know. So he, he knows. And so he wasn't comfortable. So I wasn't comfortable. So, so you know, I, I probably could have asked the guy, well, you know, take half of this off. You know, I want to see the van go back up, take half of this off, I'll come back and all that. But, but I didn't. I said, you know what? It is what it is, the situation. Here's the situation I'm in. I'm, I'm far from where I need to be, and I have a heavy load to carry. See, most of you have probably never been in this situation, but you can identify with me being far from where you need to be and carrying such a heavy load that you didn't think you were going to get to where you needed to be or ever get this load lifted off your back. Anybody? Well, if you can't relate to that, God bless you. Thank you for coming. I'm glad you came to the sanctuary. Better luck next time. So here's what I did. Here was my strategy for the day. After stressing it and, 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 and contemplating it and, and trying to shift, you know, I even went, this was really stupid, but I went and I took like two bricks off the back skid and I put them toward the front. Like, you know, I moved 11 pounds. To the, that's it. All right, you know what? So here's my strategy. I, I planned... I went back to my Google Maps, and you know, and I don't have to do it backwards, right, to get to get back. But I said, let me. I gotta get it in my head. I I, I gotta know that I'm doing because how I many you know you don't want to make an extra turn, right? You don't want to go an extra two feet with this kind of load. I want to make sure I get exactly there. So I planned is the first thing I did to know exactly how to get to where I needed to be the shortest possible route. The second thing I did was I pulled out of the driveway. I mean, no, sometimes we got a situation and we just sit and sit and sit and we look at it from every angle and we look at it from, and we never do anything. Sometimes you got to just pull out. Amen? So, so I planned and I pulled out of the driveway and I started heading in the right direction. And number three, and this is serious, I prayed all the way back. That, that you, you laugh. I'm not joking. I prayed every single way back. God, keep the tires from blowing out because I know that one in the back by me is, gonna, is about to go. God, keep the, the axle from bending. God, keep the springs and shocks from blowing out. God, I ple- keep the transmission from dropping every time I, I try to hit a steep ink. God, I, I mean, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. I didn't pray once. I prayed all the way through. Heading up there, me and the Ecuadorian, we were talking about his life, his, his family back home. We learned about coming back, we didn't say a word. Not a while I was praying. I didn't say a word. It was just, I didn't even lean back on the chair. You know when you're nervous and you drive like this? I was driving like some of you ladies just ran all up in here. I don't know how you guys turn. You're like. 
Come on, it's all in love. But I was all, I, didn't, I couldn't lean back. I found myself sometimes like being real tense. I said, oh man, let me sit back. I said, no, <laughs> no. So I prayed all the way back. And listen, every bump I hit was a reminder to pray. Every bump I hit was a reminder to pray. Every time I hit a hill or a steep incline, a prayer went up. Every time I heard the engine revving more than it should have, a prayer went up. Every, every issue was a, was, a, was a reminder to pray. Once I was halfway back, I knew, you know, by the, because, you know, I had everything measured in my head exactly. So I knew I was about halfway back. Once I was halfway back, I was tempted to stop praying. You know the feeling when you've made some progress in your life? You've overcome a few bumps. Confidence builds up a little bit. You get tempted to stop praying. But then I thought, if I get stuck at this point, I'm still in a lot of trouble. Thank God the van is not rented in my name, but the person that the van was rented in, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. If, if I get stuck at this point halfway, and i got to start calling for help, and calling in this, and tow trucks, nobody's going to be able to fix the tire because there's, there's 3,000 pounds on, in the van, so I'm going to have to... Un I said, no, 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 God. So I kept praying. Amen? When I reached the exit, I, I'm in the Bronx now, I reached the exit to where the job site was, I was tempted to stop praying. I figured, if I made it this far, it'll hold up the rest of the way, right? I've done all right. I can make it. But then I remember times in my life when I stopped or failed just short of the finish line. Anybody with me today? And, and I thought, if the tires blow up here, if the axle broke here, it'll still cause me a lot of problems. So I kept praying for the last four blocks. Until I arrived right in front of the house, I turned the corner and, and I pulled right in front of the house. And my little Ecuadorian friend looked at me, he goes, Gracias a Dios que estamos aquí. That was the only word he said the whole time. So, so he must have been praying too. He said, he said Gracias a Dios que estamos aquí. <laughs> I said, God, thank God I got here safely. Thank God the van didn't stop. Thank God the tranny didn't drop. Thank God the tires didn't blow. Thank God the axles didn't break off. Now here is the question of the hour. Could I have make it, made it all the way back without the prayer? Could I have said a short prayer at the start of my trip and still made it back? You ever accomplished something and wondered, did God really help me with that? Anybody? I'm the only heathen in the room. You know, you accomplish something and you say, you know what? They, 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 you know, they, if I hadn't prayed, wouldn't I have, wouldn't I have been the same or, right? Good, there's four of us in here, good. That still need help and redemption. Praise God. So, so did God really, and, 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 and I started thinking about that and I said, you know what, maybe... Maybe this van makes trips like that all the time. Right? It's a rental. Nobody cares. Maybe, you know, may, maybe this van does it all the time. Maybe, maybe this van is used to this kind of thing. Maybe this van makes trips like this every day without ever a prayer going up. But the point is, I didn't know. 
And the point is, I wasn't willing to find out. Amen? Because you see, I would rather have prayed all the way to my destination than having to pray for help once I broke down. The reason some of us beg and not pray is because we don't pray when we need to, so we pray when we break down. Come on, that's good preaching. That's good. That's good. That's all some of you need to go home. See, in my eyes, I felt the van was not going to make it. In my eyes, I was convinced those tires would blow out. In my eyes, I felt this van was not prepared to handle this much weight for this kind of trip. And see, I have no experience with this van. I don't know this van. I don't know what it's capable of. I don't know what those tires could withstand. I don't know if the van had done this before. I don't know the van's history. I didn't know if the van had ever pulled this off before, so I couldn't trust in the van. All I knew to trust in was God. Come on, is this getting spiritual to anybody? All I knew to trust in was God. See, God I've had experience with. The only history I knew was my history with God. I may not have known what the van is capable of, but I know what my God is capable of. Can I get an amen? See, if he, if my God could walk on water and let Peter try it to increase his faith, then he could take my van and float it all the way home to increase mine. If, if he could call Lazarus out of the deathbed, he could keep this van from dying. And even if it's dead, he could wake it back up again. Amen? I don't know my history with the van, but I know my history with God. See, if, if God had the ability to slap a man like Saul using only light, and then shut his eyes for three days, and then open them up again, and then change his name to Paul, which means he changed his identity, and then use him to open spiritually blind eyes, I can trust in his ability to get me where I needed to be. If he could send an angel to shut the mouths of every lion in the den while Daniel made fun of them all night. I say that because that's what I would have done. Right? I don't know about you. I would have been scared the first three hours. But then all night I'm in the den and they can't bite me. And they keep coming at me. And the angels just shutting their mouths. I'd be making fun of them all night, right? I get bold after. Anyway. See, if, 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 if God could come down in the flesh and live as I live and experience what I've experienced and walk himself to his own execution and willingly give up his life for me and then with full authority take his life back again, if he could do that for me just because he loves me, then I can trust him with any load that I'm carrying. No matter how heavy I think it is. I hope somebody getting blessed. And that's what I believe God is showing us this week. Because you see, it didn't end there for me. That wasn't the end of my lesson. The next day, I was working on my message. And, and if you're just joining us, we've been going through the book of Daniel. And just, you know, I, I love to just grab a book and go through the book. And so we've been going through the book of Daniel, breaking it down. And while I thought my lesson on prayer was done, I said, all right, God, you know, you tested me. I pray that, you know, thank you for getting me. And, and I was happy and I was feeling real good and spiritual about myself. I said, that's good. You know, I did a good thing. I prayed. I did. Wow, I'm a Christian. I'm a man of God. You know when you do good and you expect like God is happier with you this week? So I, I thought my, you know, that was over. That was good and done. Amen. That was just for me. Then I started reading through Daniel again. And chapter 9 starts like this. If you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 9. Amen. 
Daniel 9 starts like this. Daniel 9, and starting in verse 2, it says, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. And so I turned to the Lord and I pleaded with him in prayer. And the prayer word jumped up at me. And then it said, and he said, and in petition, and in prayer, and in fasting, and in sackcloth and ashes. And, and verse 4 says, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. And I said, wait a minute, God. This is no, I mean, you know, when you're walking with God, there's no coincidences. Amen? See, coincidences are just responses to prayer. Amen? No? All right. I, I, for, I believe it. Coincidences are responses to prayer. And so, so I, I started reading that, and, and, and I said, man, you see how God is all in my business? He, he's in my other job and in this job too. He's, he's working with me and talking to me. Even, you know, now, even when I got the church hat on or the dirty hat on, God is still talking to you. Amen? See, we would realize that our lives would change. If, if we thought that the Sunday clothes, well, not that we do Sunday clothes here, but you, you know what I'm saying. If we thought that, that, you know, the Sunday thing was different from the rest of the week, if we understood that God will speak to us here from the pulpit, he'll speak to us in the worship, he'll speak to us in the lobby, he'll speak to us in the car, in traffic, at your job, through, through people that don't even know him, God will speak to you. Amen? If we're listening. So, we're going we're gonna to learn, learn ourselves some things about prayer as we push in through the book of Daniel. First, let me tell you what's going on because this is crazy. And this is the kind of a big history lesson. I'm going to try to make, not make it a history lesson. But, but it's so important to know where everything comes from. Amen? Because too many things we read, we, too, too, much, too many times we read things and we don't understand it so we just blow it off. But when you get understanding about something, then it's powerful. Amen? So let me tell you what's going on here. Daniel is reading the scriptures. He's reading the word of God. They didn't have the full word of God yet because it, it was still being written, right? But what he had, he was reading. And so as he was reading it, 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 you know, it was taking place. What he had, he was reading. Something cool happened. He was reading and he understood something. How many times we read and read and it feels like we aren't understanding anything? Is that anybody or I'm just the, the only one in the room? You know, you read and you read and like, it's Chinese. I don't know. It's, it, it might as well have been Aramaic or Greek or Hebrew. I don't know what's going on here. But, but I, let, me, let me just encourage you to continue to read because as we see here in Daniel, when we continue to read, understanding comes. When we read, revelation comes. Sometimes it takes a couple of times through. Sometimes, to, you know, to get understanding with it. But sometimes when we read, something happens in our life that brings understanding to what we've read. That happen to anybody? See, God speaks to us through His Word as well as through our lives. He's all in your business. And so it says in Daniel that he was reading Jeremiah. And by what he says here, we know that he was reading Jeremiah 29.10. And that says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. And so think about what's going on here. You remember Daniel was taken captive out of his home he was taken captive as a young boy. Remember when, 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 they, when they chose him, they took him out of there. We, you know, we, we went through this. They took him out of there to, to put him into Babylonian training, to train him to be, to be one of the, uh, the king's men, right? And so the reason that was possible was because the Babylonian kings had invaded God's people, Jerusalem, taken them all captive, and they were scattered to different lands as slaves and captives. 
Why did God allow that? Because his people kept straying from him. His people kept being disobedient. They kept wanting to do things on their own. And they kept refusing to trust in God. Let me explain. God had told Jerusalem, this is key, you got to grab this, please wake somebody up. God had told the people in Jerusalem that every seven years they needed to stop planting for that year and just live off the land. Okay, remember these people live off of what they plant. If you don't, if you don't sow, you don't reap. If you don't plant, you don't grow nothing. If you don't grow nothing, you don't eat. Okay, you, you understand how that works, right? But God told them every seven years you need to give the land a Sabbath rest. And for that year, just live off the land. But see, what, what's really involved in there, God is saying, for that year, just trust me. Okay? So, so he says, you know, the bigger part of that is that God, God wanted them to trust. God, just, just trust that I'll supply for you. One year out of the seven. One year out of the seven, just trust that I'll supply for you. And so year after year, they refused to do it. They, the, the time would come and they probably said, this year we're going to trust God with our finances. This year I'm going to trust God that he will supply. How many of you do that? You said, you, you and I do it all the time. We say, this year is going to be, I'm going to start tithing. This year I'm going to start trusting God with my finances. This year I'm going to trust God in this area. I'm not going to try to control it or manipulate it. This year I'm just going to be a giver. Any, anybody just kind of, you know, you work yourself up and say, this year? And it's like June still and... It's June, and you're saying, well, you know, next year, next year, woo, I'm going to be, forget it. I'm going to serve God, I'm going to this, I'm going to do this. Next year, it's January 1st, I'm a different person, right? And so, you know, but, but like us sometimes, God's people in Jerusalem refuse to take the year to trust in God's provision. For how long? The Word tells us, if we calculate the numbers, for 490 years, 77s. So for 490 years, they didn't stop to take that break and so they didn't do it they should have been in that time 70 years of rest because every seven there's one year right so they should have been 70 years of rest in that time but God speaks through the prophets God says now is God patient or what you and me we slap him up after the second time right if it was me after the second time I, I get them all out the land get, get out of here I told you what to do and and understand that God gives us rules to, that, that makes sense so that we would be provided for. Do, do you understand that God's rules aren't so, I don't want you to have fun for seven years. I don't want you to have sex outside of marriage because you're, you're 15. And I don't want you to have sex until you're married because I want you to be punished. I don't want you to have any fun. No, I don't want you to have it because it's going to ruin your life right now. It's going to make things harder. You understand? It's going to make things tougher. You understand? It's going to just build the baggage and baggage and baggage that you're going to eventually bring into marriage. That's why I don't want you to do that. It's not, it's not because I'm a killjoy. It's not, do you understand that God's laws are, are, are to bless us? All right, anyway, that's another message. So anyway, God had told them, you know, and so they hadn't done it for 490 years. And so God speaks to the prophets and he says, guess what? He says, now for 70 years, my people would be exiled out of this land. Jerusalem would be desolated. So now the land will be empty and for 70 years, it'll get its rest that you didn't give it. Okay, so because they refused and didn't trust God enough to give the land its rest, God said, I'll take you out, and now the land is going to have its rest for 70 years. See, Jesus would say later on, to those that are faithful with little, much will be entrusted unto them, but to those that are unfaithful with little, even what they have will be taken from them. You need to, you need to, you need to get that. When God gives you a little bit, he, he's, he's, it's a trust thing. 
See, they got it just like, you know, just like us. If, if we were as good parents, right, we wouldn't give, you know, he, your 11-year-old, your 12-year-old, here's, here's your trust fund, you know, here's $80,000, right? Because you'd have 19 game systems in your house with 46 plasma screens with every game and the money's gone, right? You just wouldn't, you trust them with a little, right? Here's an allowance. Here's a, you trust them with a little. And when they're faithful with a little, then you give them more. But if they're not faithful with a little, even the little that you give, you take it back. That's how God works. Amen? All right. So, so it's, understand that it's not about punishment. It's about trust. God says, trust me. <coughs> See, when we don't trust God with a little, we usually end up losing a whole lot more. All right. Two amens. That's good. That's why Daniel is where he is. He's working for a godless king. He's having to serve them. See, when we as parents don't trust God with the little, not only our, us, but our kids are going to end up losing more than we were ever willing to give. We need to receive that as parents. Amen? Amen. Okay, so Proverbs, it's not about punishment. It's about trust. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. See, if your path has been crooked, if your path has been bumpy, if, then, then trust in God, and he'll straighten that for you. Amen? Trust in God, and he'll straighten that for you. See, Daniel was reading Jeremiah, and he came across a promise. You ever been reading the Word of God and came across a promise? If you haven't, maybe you need to read a little more. Amen? See, because if you can't read a whole lot of Word without coming to a promise, and when you understand your identity and who you are, when you come to a promise, it might as well have your first, last name, and social written on it. And sometimes it feels like it does, right? Sometimes I feel like I know it says George Martinez in the Bible. There might not have been any Cubans back in those days, but, but, but it says Martinez in there. I know that God is speaking directly to me, and I'm holding on to this promise, and I'm walking in it. Amen? This church wouldn't be here if I didn't do that. Right? God gives us a promise, and we got to hold on to it, and then watch it, and run with it. All right. So anyway. So Daniel's reading the Word of God, and he comes across a promise. See, he was reading God's Word, and he understood that... This was around the time of the 70th year. Remember, God said in the 70th year, I'm going to end all of this captivity. I'm going to bring all my people back out of slavery and bring them back to Jerusalem, put them back home. Amen? And so Daniel's reading, and then he says, hey, wait up. He checks his Blackberry, and he says, wait a minute. By, by the calculations going on here, we're, we're in this season of change. Amen? That season, depending on where God started counting, this is the season. Those 70 years are up. God promised that he'd bring us back. And so, and so he's doing that. And so he says, God promised that he would call his people back to their land and free them. So here is Daniel, having gone through all that he's been through, right? We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. With all his experiences in God, with all of his history with God, Daniel knows that he can trust God. Hasn't God shown himself faithful? Daniel obviously believes the word of God is valid and true and that the prophetic words given to him are also true and he knows from personal experience that God is faithful to his word. So Daniel is reading Jeremiah 29.10 and it says, When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I'll come back and I'll fulfill my gracious promise. See, that comes right before the very familiar Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares your Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, when you put that together and you understand where it comes from, 
That was a promise to God's people. God said, God said, you, because of your disobedience, you've been away from me. But when the time is up, when you come back to me, I know the plans I have for you. There's going to be a season where I'm going to bring you back. And I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you. God said, I have plans to give you a hope and a future. Does anybody, can, can anybody get that? Some of us have been in captivity for a long time. We've been bound by a lot of different things. Sometimes even bound by church, bound by religion, bound by spiritual abuse, bound by God knows all the things that we've been bound for. But God is saying, there's a season when I'm going to bring you out of that because I know the plans I have for you. Oh, receive it, man. I know the plans I have for you. And then look what it says. And then in verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray with, to me and I'll listen to you. You'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Daniel gets this revelation from reading the Word of God, and, and he starts to think, depending on when God started the counting, the time is near. This is the season of turnaround. Daniel understood that the time that God promised is coming up. Amen? See, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that prayer next week, and we're going to talk about it because there's some incredible insight in prayer next week. And so we're going to get into that, and, and I believe we're going to be empowered for that. But for today, understand this. Because Daniel has already seen God's faithfulness, Daniel knows that even if he's far from where he should be. See, God's people don't belong in captivity. You understand? God, God, God we've been called to bring freedom to the captives. So we don't belong addicted. We don't belong captive. We don't belong abused. We don't be with the head and not the tail. A amen? You need to kind of really grasp that. We don't belong in that stuff. Some of you might still be in that stuff. There's some areas in our lives where we're all still stuck in that. But, but we're, we're supposed to bring freedom to the captives. So Daniel knows even if he's far from where he should be. Daniel knows even though he's been there a long time. Listen, Daniel was taken as a young boy. He was trained in the Babylonian ways. He's old now. Sometimes we give up on our dreams because we think we've missed it. Sometimes we figure, well, we've been here too long. Sometimes we just get comfortable where we are, and we say, well, it's just too late. I'm just going to stay where I'm at. Daniel knows even though he's far from where he should be. Daniel knows even though he's been there a long time. Daniel knows even though he's prospered. See, Daniel isn't working in some field as a slave. He's running the country. Amen? So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's an awesome whole teaching there, too. Wherever God puts us, we run, we run things. Amen? So many people have this vision of Christians that we're just doormats, and we're supposed to just be, oh, yeah, I love Jesus. Oh, getting hit in the back of the head. That's okay. The Lord bless you. No. We, wherever God puts us, we run things. Amen? Wherever God puts us, we run things. And when we trust in Him, we prosper. And so, but Daniel, those, even though he's prospered, He's doing well for himself. Sometimes we get ourselves so comfortable and forget that that's not where we should be. Sometimes we get so comfortable where we are, but we, we, we forget that that's not where we belong. We forget that that's not where God called us to be. See, Daniel is far from where he needs to be. Daniel has a heavy load to carry. 
And many of the bumps in the road and the hills along the path had been temptations to stop. Daniel knows God is able to do what he said he would do. And so Daniel prays. He gets a hold of a promise of God and he prays. He fasts. He mourns. He repents. He's not going to stop praying until he gets there. See, after my little trip with the van, God, God, he took it a step further and I felt in my spirit. Imagine if you would pray like that in other areas of your life. See, I, I was scared when I started preparing this message. I said, but God, it's going to be like kind of boasting. Like, whoa, I prayed and I look so spiritual. God said, no, trust me. <laughs> trust me, you're going to play the fool by the end of the message. I really felt God saying, imagine if you would pray from the start to finish of everything like you did that day. Imagine if, if you, you would pray from the moment you took something on from the beginning to the end of that situation. Imagine if you never stopped praying until you got to where you needed to be. Imagine if you never stopped praying until every heavy burden was lifted, not only off of your life, because I didn't call you just for you, I called you for more people. So imagine if you never stopped praying until every heavy burden was lifted off of your life and off of those people I've surrounded you with. Family, I'm taking hold of a promise and I'm encouraging you today to do the same. Whatever promise it is you've been holding on to, let's resolve today to pray from the beginning of that trip till we pull up exactly where we need to be and get our burdens lifted. Can anybody agree with me and say amen? And so how do we do it? Those of you that need formulas, here's your formula. I know that it's not a real formula because God's not into formulas, but number one, plan. Plan. What is the best route to get to where I need to be? Plan. Number two, pull out of the driveway. Get started. Stop talking about it. Stop telling people about it. Stop drawing pie charts and spreadsheets. Just pull out of the driveway and head in the right direction. Amen? You may not have everything you need. You may not be fully equipped. You may not be qualified. Just pull out of the driveway already and get something started. Amen? And then to make up for everything else, pray all the way till you get there. Come on, let's stand up for a second. Title of this message is Living on a Prayer. All your Bon Jovi 1980 heads. Living on a prayer. Let's just pray right now. Father, I just, I thank you, Lord God, for each and every one that's here today. I know, God, that there's no coincidences. I know, Lord, that you dragged each and every person that needed to be here today to just, to receive something, to, to get a hold of something, God. I pray, Lord God, that you have stirred up promises in them that they've already been given years ago. I pray that you have rem reminded them of things that they knew that they need to be doing, of, of work that you prepared in advance for them to do, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that even now, God, that you are already giving them the plans. That you are already, that even as they didn't finish to the prayer, they, they already started. God, I'm planning. This is what I need to do. This is where I need to be. I'm going to plan the shortest route to get to where I need to go. This, this is what I need. And I pray, Lord God, that even today, they've decided to pull out of the driveway. They've decided, I've waited long enough. I'm not getting any younger. I'm not getting any. I just got to start pulling out of the driveway and starting, God, what you called me to do. And I pray, Lord God, if they get anything today, that they would understand that your word says we need to pray without ceasing. 
And that doesn't, that doesn't make us some religious fanatic freaks. That doesn't mean we're walking down the streets. That doesn't mean that we're Shandaranda Kayin all down the streets. No, that means that we're praying without ceasing. That means that every time we hit a bump, oh God, get me through this area. That every time we hit a hill that feels like we can't make it up that hill, we say, oh God, I'm not trusting in this vehicle. I'm not trusting in, in what the situation that I am. But God, I know that you can get me over this hill. God, I know that you can keep the air in those tires. God, I know that you can keep my spiritual transmission primed and pumped and ready, God. Thank you, Lord. Father, help each and every one here to just trust you, to trust you. God, I, I reawaken dreams that were put. I reawaken promises that have been released. God, those that are even heading and walking in promises, God, I, I stand with them today, Lord God. And we stand as a body saying we stand together. We stand together and we're going to see what, we're going to see you through to the end. I want to see you pull up to the last stop and I want to see the burdens lifted off of your back. Um, my pastor from Crown Point, I really feel this is for you also, pastor. We're going to stand with you and we're going to go all the way till we see God lift every burden, every load until that load is off your back. I believe we need to stand with you and be with you and we're going to see until you pull right into the drive way until you're right where God called you to be and every load is lifted and every burden is lifted we're going to stand in prayer with you and with each and every family here today Father I just thank you I thank you Lord God I thank you Lord. I thank you Lord God Listen, if you haven't, if you're here today, you had never made a decision, man. You don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know what it is to trust God. You don't know what it is to just say, God, I'm giving, I'm giving total control of my life to you. If, if, if you're one of those that are still saying, man, that van could have made it without God. But you're willing today to make it, you're willing today to try. You're not willing today to risk it anymore. You're tired of risking your life and, 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 and trying to see if you get there or not. If that's you, would you just raise a hand? If you just say, would you just say, that's me? God, I want to trust you. I'm tired of not giving, of not doing what you've asked me to do. I'm tired of not giving that Sabbath rest to my body, to my ministry, to the things you've called me to do, to my life. And God, I desire to, to do things the way you want to do things. And if you're raising your hand, you're saying, God, I'm just making you the Lord of my life. I'm trusting in you. I'm, I'm going to follow you, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be led by you. And Lord, your word says that if I trust you, you're going to make my crooked path straight. So God, I, I thank you for straight paths. If that's you, if you've listed your hand, would you come forward? Would you say, would you pull out the driveway right now? Would you pull out of your, your aisle right now and just come and join us here as, as you come? And those that are walking in promises, those that are believing in promises, come join them also and stand with them and say, I'm standing with you as we just worship together for a couple moments before we, we're, we're dismissed. Sometimes worship is the glue. Sometimes worship is the, the paste that, that puts all that together, that holds it together. Sometimes we just need to get out and worship. Yes. See, worship is powerful. Worship says, God, I trust you and that's why I worship you. I'm not worshiping the strong tires. I'm not worshiping my strong vehicle. God, I'm trusting you because I know that you can get me. You have a history of making things work out. Amen. Amen. Come on. King. 
I could have those from the prayer team, if you would just come and just pray with those that are standing. Just be led. Let God lead you. If you just need to stand with them, just stand with them. Sometimes we don't got to be talking and praying. Just stand with somebody. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.